I think obviously on the night the best team won. Uh, it blows away a little bit with the intensity of the start. And obviously conceding two goals in quick succession like that made it made it a long night for us. Yeah, disappointing night. This is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Do Scotland have any chance of making it to next year's World Cup finals? Can Stevie Clark turn around this qualification campaign? Was it a case of Great Danes last night in Copenhagen or sloppy Scots or maybe a bit of both? How was it for you, former Celtic and Scotland striker Simon Donnelly? Simon, what did you think? I think you've got to give credit to, to Denmark. I think they came out of the traps really quickly, got the two quick goals, effectively killed the game really with the two quick goals uh, Scotland again we're not a good enough team to afford missing crucial players like John McGinn again last night he's one of the guys in recent times that scored goals for us so as I say we're not a good enough team to be missing our best players but yeah I think we were caught cold just by a great start by Denmark Two massive matches coming up at home to Moldo- Moldova even uh, and then away to Austria and surely Scotland have to win in Austria to have any chance of qualification. No club action on the pitch at the moment but Rangers have been taking action off the pitch banning three fans indefinitely from going to games after a video footage emerged of racist songs being sung on Sunday. They've been arrested and charged by police who expect to apprehend numerous is the word they use others. Unacceptable, Craig Moore, embarrassing but a step in the right direction in terms of the punishment? Yeah, I, I believe so. Look, I, I think, you know, one thing that Rangers have done um, in, in both cases recently, uh, the supporters club and, and now this is act very, very swiftly and being ec- extremely firm. Um, you know, this is unacceptable uh, in society. Um, you know, Rangers have made it also very, very clear that it's, it's unacceptable behaviour that they would like to see happen within the, the football club. So for me, uh, very, very firm, but the right call in my opinion. Um, And hopefully it's, um, you know, it's a message to to everybody, but these things are unacceptable and they are now being punished. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, more to come. That will be a developing story. Uh, You would imagine, we'll talk uh, more on that later, last night in Copenhagen, uh, Denmark 2, Scotland 0. You did wonder when that was the scoreline after 15 minutes about what it might be about to turn into. Um, yes, Scotland better second half. They had to be really than the, what they were in the first half. Um, and Stevie Clark didn't really have too many straws to clutch onto when he was talking afterwards. No, I think obviously on the night the best team won. It blows away a little bit with the intensity of the start and obviously conceding two goals in quick succession like that made it a long night for us thought we showed a little bit character in the second half played better got better in the game yeah disappointing night what, what were you thinking uh, 15 minutes in Simon? I feared the worst yeah. to be honest I feared the worst I think getting the two goals back to back they threatened the, the, the roof threatened to cave in for Scotland uh, it could have been a really long embarrassing night and whilst we take a wee bit of positivity from the second half, you know, change of personnel and shape and, and it didn't get any more than two, the game was effectively effectively over. You know, after the two goals, we didn't really show much 
moving forward either, you know, to, to suggest that we could get back in the game. But yeah, 2-0, I feel the worst. What um, what what did you think? I mean, we spoke about this last week. We spoke about the build-up to the game and what Scotland might do in terms of personnel. I mean, he was obviously badly affected. There were only um, sixteen outfield players available. Mm-hmm. It made picking the team. It made picking the team pretty straightforward, or it should have done. Did you ex- could you have foreseen Andy Robertson at right wing back, Craig? No, uh, for me that was the. The surprise, uh, and I think it was a surprise to everyone. Um, you know, expecting to, to probably see Tierney on the on the right side, which he's he's done before, um, and probably you know with Robertson just coming back um, to full fitness <coughs> to also then play out of position. Rob, you touched on that earlier on, which I thought was a really good point. Um, that also becomes then a um, an added bit of pressure for a captain uh, for for any player. Uh, and look, it, it didn't work. And the, the two goals, uh, you know, Simon touched on it. Uh, when you go away from home in any any game, World Cup qualifier, you need to be able to um, to weather that early storm. You know, like there should be no surprise how quick a home team's gonna gonna yeah. you know come out of the blocks. No, but Scotland didn't handle that. Um, the second goal for me was was really poor because when the initial break um, happened, Robert Scotland had seven players. Um, back in positions, um, Denmark had mm. three, and um, so again, that for me tells me that, you know, the 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 bodies that were out on the field, maybe not enough work, the structure, the organisation, um, was was an issue, and and, and very early doors, uh, the the game, w- was finished. Positive for Scotland was that they never capitulated, and we always knew what it could become. Uh, it was it was Denmark's first game since that emotional roller coaster that they had at the, at the European finals. I mean, they got they got to the semi-finals. Unfortunately, they didn't beat their opponents in the semi-finals, which we would would have all enjoyed. Um, but they were a big story in all sorts of ways. Denmark. Um, this was their first uh, game since then. It was always going to be a party waiting to happen in Copenhagen with a with a big crowd in. Uh, Scotland had to do something to try to quieten that down, and and all all they did was enhance those celebrations. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Denmark, on the back of everything that happened with Ericsson, you know, uh, as you say, an emotional roller coaster that whole tournament for them. But credit, and it says a lot about them to bounce back from that. You know, the upset and the and the real fright that they they had, everybody witnessing that to to go on as as deep as they did into that tournament it shows they're a good team. Uh, and it's just made it all that more difficult for us. It was a difficult group anyway, Rob, to be honest. But we've obviously had tussles recently with Israel and found it difficult to overcome them. Austria away is going to be a difficult one. But yeah, I, I think we just get caught cold. Denmark were really good on the night. And as I say, the only positive I'm taking away from it was only 2-0 because it was going on 4 or 5 at one point. Simon Donnelly, Craig Moore, Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show on our... What night is that? Thursday, Thursday, on a Thursday, Thursday, with Sean as well. Sean, how are you? I'm Brian. What are you thinking about Scotland? Uh, worried, <laughs> uh, I think we're definitely... You know, I, I would actually replace Steve Clark, and I say that on Messenger. I would actually bring in David Moyes if it's, any, if it's even possible and affordable, because I think David Moyes could sort it Scotland out. Would David Moyes be remotely interested, Craig Moore? Look, very rarely do you see um, managers now um, 
have the, the you know, co, co jobs because that's what it would have to be. Um, in, in that particular instance, Sean, that you're, you're saying, uh, look, David Moyes has done a, a wonderful job, hasn't he, with, with West Ham uh, last season. It looks as if he's going to build on that again this season. Funny thing you, you find with coaches, especially at national team level, is, is they love it when they're involved, but they actually miss the day-to-day, uh, which is, takes them back to club land. Yeah. Uh, but look, David Moyes, obviously, uh, is a fantastic manager, um, had, had such a long time in the game. Uh, I'm not sure whether at this moment in time the sacking of uh, Clark would be a positive thing for Scotland. How do you evaluate, Simon, uh, Stevie Clark's success or otherwise in the job? Because obviously he's become a national hero by leading Scotland to our first ever major finals in 23 years. You can't take that away from him. But when you look at it in terms of bare results, it's not been too spectacular I mean you know you can look at two penalty shootouts that, yeah. that, it, that it took to actually qualify us for the, the finals where have been the big results for Stevie Clark? I think getting us there there's real games that, that is a result I think that's, yeah, well, that's that, the result that is. you know and it lifts everybody the whole nation get a lift from that we got such a big buzz from being in the Euro finals uh, and, and watching the three games that's everything after so many years not qualifying for these finals so he's, you've got to take your hat off to that. Uh, it's a frustrating one, Scotland, for me because I've harped on about long enough, Rob, about being good enough and having players that are good enough. And at times we watch, as recent as England, the game against England, I thought we went toe-to-toe with England, probably the better team on the night. And then we fall short in the Croatia game and the following game. Albeit we miss Billy Gilmore. Again, it goes back to we're not a good enough team to afford to lose our best players. But then I watched the first half last night and I think, you know, from from thinking that we are, we're close, you know, it's almost out of reach at times. Last night, that first 45, it looked as if we were way off it. Mm. Uh, and it just leaves us with a must-win game at the, at the weekend against Moldova and probably a must-win against Austria as well to get any chance of uh, qualification. But I think, I don't know, I don't think it'd be the right answer to get rid of Steve Clark just now, mid-campaign. Uh, we've got two important games coming up. Mm. Let's see how we go on in them. I, I just think, Sean, I'd be interested like your thoughts as well. Um, yep. When when Scotland have their backs to the wall, uh, and we just touched, so in terms of where they stand currently within the, the group, that's backs to the wall. Uh, for me, um, I think this is probably a time when we can see the, the best out of Scotland in terms of um, knowing that you've got to go out. Draws are not enough. You've got to yep. go out and win football matches. So for me, that means straight away you've got Dykes and you've got Shea Adams. Then you start working your way back because you've got to win football matches. What's your thoughts on that, Sean? Uh, I, I agree, man, but it's like certain... like I don't know what it does in the play Nismet for. I think Nismet is, is a good Scottish player coming through. and mm-hmm. uh, it, it seems to play too many players out of position and then changes on my book and all that, and I don't think that's right. But N- I, Nisbet, I, Nisbet wasn't in the squad. Nisbet had pulled no, out. No, wasn't in the squad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get your frustration completely, Sean, but, um, yeah. you know, you, your point, I guess, is you're writing off this qualification campaign. You're, you're saying we cannot, we will not do it. So change the manager. Um, but it's, it's, it's not dead yet. I mean, if Scotland beat Moldova and win in Austria, I mean, that, I mean. I do like got a chance against Austria. Nobody, nobody like Rob, I like Austria. Take about three or four passes, folks. 
and I, and I guess you're you're using as evidence the the two all draw with Austria mm. at Hamden, yeah. in which Scotland I guess struggled to get a point, Simon, out of that. Yeah, it's, it's, these are going to be difficult games. Even Moldova at home isn't going to be easy. But they're both. We have to win them now. We've put ourselves in a situation where we have to win them. It's an interesting point that you're making, Craig. Yeah, when it's backs to the wall because that was our best performance at the the finals against mm. England down at Wembley, when we we're kind of backs to the wall. We weren't mm. the favourites, and us being Scots expecting to beat the Czechs and Croats at Hamden. Now, yeah, it was a great chance for us to go and get results there, but there were also no mugs. These teams, I think the Czechs mm. put Holland out, Croats went deep into the competition as well. So it's a funny one, but I just it's a frustrating one because I think we have got the players uh, are we without McGinn for the next couple of games. Is that... I think there are question marks over quite quite a few players in terms of who's going who's gonna to come back in. Yeah, yeah. Look, it just... Uh, it reminds me so much of of the Australian thing as well. It was like we got so close, um, performed when people didn't think you could yeah. go and uh, get a result and all that sort of stuff. And it, it, Scotland for me, the same, when there's an expectation that you should go and win a football match, Scotland struggle. Yeah. When there's that pressure is not on you to, 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 to be the, the favourites or, or you can see the goal and all of a sudden you have to they chase the to game, perform, yeah. you can see how well Scotland can, can play. So in terms of the players that Scotland have, They've got players that can play and are playing at the top, top level. So I don't know. It's it's a difficult one to, to kind of really understand whether it's a mindset, whether it's a mentality um, going into these matches. But that's what has to change for me, for Scotland to really be able to um, keep playing at the highest level and, and keep qualifying for major tournaments. Should Stevie Clark have changed midway through the first half to what he did at half time, Simon? I mean, I know there was no further damage incurred on the back of the, the first 15 minutes, but but it certainly looked likely at that point. We were taking yeah. a big risk. Were we continuing with that same shape? I think that's, a, I think that's also a difficult one so early in the game. You know, you've obviously did your prep and you've got your team shape there. It's alien to Alan, uh, Andy Robertson to be playing on the right. It takes away a lot of his effective play. Uh, so that kind of makeshift backline, and what but, he did, what he did as well was, I mean, he you know he was playing both Robertson and Tierney yeah, out of their normal yeah, position yeah, yeah. at, at wing back. Whereas, um, if he you know if he'd done what he did second half, you've got Ryan Fraser at right wing back. Yep. Um, you've got Kieran Tierney on the left side of a three, and you've got Andy Robertson at left wing back, and yeah. and it just seemed more comfortable, didn't it? It seemed more comfortable, but with that Rob as well, it's actually more attacking in my opinion mm. as well, yeah. you know, whereas I think the other way, you're still thinking, okay, but defensively might have to do a bit of work, so therefore, whether it was Tierney, it was Robertson this time. Mm. Um, I so think I think it's been the same, with even playing Tierney on the right before, I know, he, I know he's done it. And in a four. Your, yeah, you take your hat off to, to Andy as well, the captain, taking responsibility. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was put out there and he says, you know, I'll go and do that job, but it does take away, as you say as well, going forward, it's no yeah. natural to them to be playing on that side of the pitch. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's one of those, and we've all, we've, you would have been in the position, I was certainly in that uh, situation as well, where you just want to do your best for the team. Yeah. Um, so you, you you know you go and you play, and you play out of position, although you know it's probably not suited to your qualities. Mm. Um, so again, this is nothing against Robertson, you know, because no. he, he, he just, you know, he, he was in a position that wasn't uh, comfortable for him. But I mean, it's, it's easy to say that, well, it's the right side, it's the same as the left, but it's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about feet here and yeah. the way he moves and what's inside him. 
Um, and, and, and I think it would be interesting to know what he thinks privately uh, today. It's natu- natural on that left. Many times uh-huh. you watch yeah. him and Tierney yeah. bombing forward. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's natural. It, it does take away because, uh, the effectiveness I mean, of, of, of his play. Because I, I was part of that media conference last night after, after the match when Andy Robertson fronted up as he continually oh, so he always, he does. He always does it. And he was asked... You know about how much that was. Did he offer? Did he did he suggest that he would play there? Yeah. Was he just told he was going to play there? And, and he was just very matter of fact about it. And and that was the public face. He said, "Well, you know, that's it. You know, that's where I was playing, and I got on with it, and I did my best." Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just wonder privately, uh, you know, had he had anything to do with that decision making process? Whether he would have wanted to, to to be to be in that position? I mean, one thing that strikes me is psychologically. Uh, when Denmark didn't see that combination of Robertson and Tierney down the left-hand side, they probably breathed a massive sigh of relief because that was probably one part of the Scotland team that they were concerned about. Well, that's one very positive side uh, for for Scotland, you know, because they they, they interchange very well when they're both mm-hmm. on the same side. Um, you know, whether it's Tierney that's bombing on and, and, and Robertson stays home or or vice versa, and one you know, inside, outside, they, they, they combine very, very well. So when you see that now... That combination is no longer there. Um, the Danes wouldn't have, have overthought about it. At this, that stage, they were two 0 up, Rob. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see the team selection for the next two games. Because as you say, are they going to play the two strikers? Because we, we have to win the games. Yeah. Is he going to go with a real positive attacking team for the next two? But he can probably do what he wants on Saturday. I would have thought. I mean, I know we can't take anything for can't for granted. It, yeah. You know, we did beat Pharaohs four yeah. nil. Uh, one would imagine it's going to be a comfortable win on on Saturday. But but it, it's in these games um, where it's more difficult for Scotland, where there's more thinking required going yeah. into it. Um, he didn't play. Uh, two up front against the Czech Republic in the in the that, Euro that's, that's Euros the one, opener, and yeah. and I would have thought he he realised himself on the back of that that was a mistake, and I wasn't sure he would go there again. That was the one for me. That was the the one against the Czechs. I started with just Dykes up top. I just thought we we were a bit safe. I mm. think you get into that game, and the way the, the tournament was built up with the rules, if if you win that first game, you're giving yourself a great chance to qualify yeah, just yeah. by winning that first yeah. game. And I thought we went into that a wee bit negative. So, Sean, is it Clark must go, as far as you're concerned? Well, my opinion, yeah, I hope he proves me right, but I'm very, very doubtful. But it's, it's an order far too low in the rankings, I know. 58, but uh, I know Scotland's not a big country, but some of the nations are higher up than you. It's quite hard to look at. What, what, are, what are Australia, Sean? How, how are we travelling, mate? I've actually, I don't even notice it. You've got here. You're probably here. It's not being funny, but you've got, you've got countries like Iraq, what are 16 years of date. Iraq's not a football nation. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Jamaica are That's above tough. Scotland. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be more. I think it'd be safer supporting Jamaica, to be honest. Maybe even their bobsleigh team, uh, to be honest. That's not a bad idea. Sean, thanks for your call. Cheers, guys. All Thank the best. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's Thursday's Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Simon Donnelly and Craig Moore. Uh, we were talking football rankings. Um, come on, just, come on, come just, on, come on. Just before the break. And the news is Australia, you are number 25. 25? In the world. No, yeah. you're not. Hold on. No chance. No, wait a minute. 
Where are you? No chance. We're looking at 35, uh, 36. I was just trying to make you feel good about yourself. 35 it is, <laughs> Get actually. Get in there. Get there. in there. 35. Um, but you're above Scotland, of course, comfortably. Scotland are currently, I'm just uh, leafing through them here. Oh, we've gone down to 49, Simon. We're uh, scraping into the top 50 in the world at the moment. Last night we were playing the 11th top yep. nation, Denmark just outside the, the top 10. And our next massive match, you would imagine, let's hope we can beat Moldova on Saturday, but uh, a really significant game is in Austria uh, next Tuesday and uh, Austria are 23rd in the world. And they were pretty impressive at times at the Euros uh, as well. And Scotland are going to need to go up quite a few notches in terms of performance uh, to get the result. I think we desperately need. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be another game similar to the, the, the game last night over in Austria but we have to just focus on this one at the weekend and, and win it and then have to go there and I think we have to win that as well I think we need at least four points but hopefully six yeah. it's, a, it's a major uphill task got to be got to be winning football matches um, than they are. I think there's already been a couple of draws hasn't there I mean Israel and Austria already a couple of draws within the group you got to win your football matches uh, that's the only way that you're going to really be in with a chance to, to close down on that that second position and and now is really really about putting in a good performance, hopefully getting some goals um, against Moldova to to then give you that confidence to, to to go for the big one. And you've got to go for it. What we're going to do now is speak to Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi there. How are we doing? We're uh, are we well? Let me just check on everybody. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we're well. How are you? Glad to hear it. I'm doing all right. Doing all right, guys. Good. Uh, what right. what would you like to talk about? Um, I was just obviously going to talk about uh, the Celtic transfer window. I know there's been a lot of uh, people kind of moaning and groaning about it, that there wasn't enough done, but I feel as if there was enough done, especially it's, uh, Angie's first transfer window. I think there's be a lot to be um, pleased about. How many signings? Is it 12? Is it, has it got to 12? 12 brought in, yeah. What are you thinking, Sam? Uh, yeah, I like what I've seen so far. Obviously, the guys coming in have certainly lifted the team. Disappointing result against Rangers. I don't think there was much in the game. Uh, but the young kid Abada's hit the ground running. Kyogo's hit the ground running. I think they've lifted the boys round about them that have been there for the last few seasons. Unlike last year's recruitment where, for whatever circumstance, the players coming in didn't really have a, a positive effect. Uh, and I don't really know much about the other guys. You know, the, the Greek striker I've seen on video, he looks a proper number nine, scores all different types of goals. I think he scored 20 plus in the Dutch division. 26 last season, yep, so yeah. That's impressive. Top scorer, yeah. And, and, so, and they were relegated, Venlo. So, yeah. And a struggling team. Yeah. So, yeah, he looks a good one coming in. Uh, the centre back for Spurs, probably a, another good addition in terms of that probably being one of the weakest. That needs team. that needs addressed, doesn't yeah, it? That defense? was a late one. That was a late one in the transfer deadline. Yeah. So, no, I'm quite happy with it. Quite happy with it so far. I guess one of the questions that that the the Jakumakis signing mm. Sean raises is how uh, how are Celtic going to do it up front? Could it be a front two? Do you think with Jakumakis and yeah. and and Kyogo rather? Because I, I think I think we're all probably agreed. Ange Postecoglou included that uh, Kyogo is better through the middle. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I know that we've kind of we've let a big guy go, and we're kind of bringing a big guy back in. I'm just hoping that we don't revert back to that um, scenario, putting Kyoko out in the wing, because I, I watched uh, he played in Japan today, mm -hmm. and he was forced to play out in the wing, and it was they were playing with ten men. They lost that game, didn't they? Sean was that the against yeah, Oman? 
Oh, they lost, yeah, Oman scored they lost, think, yeah. about 10 minutes to go, yeah. yeah. So they lost that game as well. He's, the wee the guy's totally, he's totally wasted playing it. He's playing out in the corner flag and he's he's trying to beat three and four different players, but that's not his style. His style is play on the shoulder and get in behind for mm-hmm. for tappings. That's, that's, that's his bread and butter. Yep. So I'm hoping that we either go two up or Kyoko starts because he's hit the ground running, as you guys have already said. And we can abed this big guy in because we don't we, we really don't know what, all about him. We're taking it that he's he's a top goal scorer last season, but it could for it could be a big <clears> massive <throat> risk, and it could be a one season wonder. We just don't know. Is that a back three then, Craig? Do you think for for Celtic potentially to accommodate a front two? It, look, it gives Celtic options. I, I think that's the, the most important thing because you know Ange is, is someone that. Um, he believes in, in playing a certain style of football, but he, he can flip that easily enough. Um, you know, whether it be a four at the back or whether it be a three. Um, I agree with Sean Kyogo. For me, has to play through the middle. Um, yeah. I, I just felt that that was a um, probably a bad decision. I know Andrew's come out and admitted it in terms of the old firm game. Um, he had to play through the middle, uh, which meant that he had to leave Ed- Edward out in my opinion, uh, and because he's already set up a really good combination with, with Tommy Rogic, but his pace, his cleverness, uh, his movement within the box in central areas, um, look, Rangers would have been delighted that it was it was out wide. You've touched on the game that you've just seen now. Oman would have been delighted as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, the, the two up top, not many teams do it nowadays, isn't it? Because it's, 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 not it's, yeah, it's not the modern day. It's not the modern day game. And play, play two up. I would always like to play two strikers. Yeah. You know, many Great partnerships over the years. You, as played, been... you played a lot of the time as a, as a second striker, yeah. which is which is kind of yeah. like what they call the ten nowadays, Simon. Yeah. You know, but if I'd you play like against, to see, I think it'd be exciting. I think likes of Ange, you know him better than myself. But I think attacking wise, I think he might just go with the two up top. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with you, and I agree with Sean the caller about Kyogo playing more through the centre. You yeah. only look at the change at the weekend, and all of a sudden he's in that inside uh, left kind of route down the, the, the side of the centre-back for the two opportunities where I think he maybe gets them um, round the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, he, he does. He shoots where he yep. should cross and vice versa. But what I've seen in the early movement of the guy, the, the, the games that they demolished uh, Dundee and St Myrne, he's always wanted to get in behind. And see that for a midfielder, that is, I played with a guy, George Cadet, and that's all he wanted to do, go mm. in behind, and it makes your job yeah. as a midfielder a joy because he's, he's telling you where he wants it and yeah. it's little slide balls down the side. And I think that's what this guy brings to Celtic. Yeah. And you look at his goals as well, getting it in on the end of crosses. I don't think Edward was ever that kind of striker. He'd always want to come to feet. But mm-hmm. this guy wants to get in there and, and, and where it matters. And he's scored a few goals like that already. And, and with that movement, it, it actually creates... So obviously Space. defenders want to drop off yeah. Yeah, because they're, 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 they know the type of movement and where he wants to get to, which gives Rogic a space or yeah. any player that then plays in that, yeah. in that hole. And it's kind of worked really, really well uh, for Celtic. And... Again, I go on back like when I was a young lad learning and playing against Ravenelli and Viali up top, right? And the way that they moved and worked together uh, was was incredible because yeah. they just get their angles right. Yeah. Um, that wasn't when Ravenelli was at Dundee, was it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, nah, definitely. Well, that was a different Raven- Ravenelli that in terms of where he was I at. didn't dream that. Ravenelli that did, did play for Dundee that at some stage. Well, so did Kanijia as well. Yeah. And then obviously ends up at Rangers. But and and, and Georgie Nemzadze. Yeah, loads. Yeah, yeah. That loads. kind of stuff great must squad. give... The great squad. That stuff might, must give defenders a headache when oh. you want to go in there because for guys, I wasn't great at it. I always wanted to try and come to feet, but... It, it, 
makes I think the defender's job easier because he can see the game yeah. and he can see you. Yeah. Whereas these guys that work going that way, it must be a, an absolute nightmare. Should I track him? You know who's got him? And I think Kyogo certainly in his his infancy at Celtic has has brought a real movement and a real energy yeah. to the the team. So it'll be interesting to see how. There he goes. Yeah. Great guy fills in. Sean, Ange uh, held his hand up, didn't he, afterwards, uh, and uh, to say that he'd, he'd got it wrong. But I guess if uh, if Hudson Edwards sticks away that chance, that sitter uh, in front of goal, uh, he wasn't having the, the only way he'd be holding his hand up would be a clenched fist, probably, to, to greet a Celtic win. Because you do wonder how Rangers would have reacted in that game last Sunday had, had Celtic gone in front. Oh, absolutely. I, I felt as if the game was going on. I, I said it'd be a one-goal game, mm. definitely. I, I feel as if we'd, if we'd have scored that, it would have been a whole different ball game, yeah. definitely. Do you think so, definitely. Craig? Do you, do you think that, that that was something the way Rangers have started the season? Had they gone behind? And, and he certainly should have been putting that in the back of the net, Odson yeah. Edouard. Uh, Rangers might have struggled at that point? <laughs> it's a million-dollar question, really. I mean, it, it never happened. Edouard should score. Um, and then it would have been a a, you know, a different test uh, to what has also been a slow start for Rangers. But I I think they probably gave them strength from that miss, mm-hmm. uh, enabled them to grow into the match. Uh, and I and I've still you know I still just feel that maybe that belief within Celtic in terms of being being able to get back on on top of Rangers and and, and get that result is is still not quite there. Um, Edward, I know, has been a fantastic player for Celtic, but in the time that I've been back, best part of a year, I've seen a shadow of the player uh, that you know I think a lot of supporters have been fortunate enough to watch previously. Um, so good business for Celtic, uh, but you're right, Robert. I mean, who know who knows what it would have looked like? He just he just doesn't look uh, Edward in in the time that I've seen him to have that confidence, to have that 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 personality that a number nine needs. You know, at a big club, they've they, they've got a little bit of spunk about them. Yeah, yeah they, they they've got a bit of character, and he he didn't seem to have that for me. Whereas you look at Dembele, mm. when 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 he was at Celtic, he had it in spades. Yeah. 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 Although I mean, Odson Edward at one point looked uh, an absolutely top player, but there's no doubt that the the graph has has gone a little bit downhill. I'm just checking on the the Sean. You were talking about the window for Celtic. Just looking at the yeah. signings, the list of signings here. So Kyogo. Uh, is rightly at the top of them. I'm not sure Carl Starf- Starfelt should be second, but this is just a list. No. So, so <laughs> we've got Kyogo and Carl Starfelt, uh, Leila Bada, Josip Juranovic, uh, Georgios Jakumakis has just come in, Joe Hart, uh, Liam Scales, uh, the defender. We're going to see how good he is. Mm-hmm. Signed from Shamrock sure. Rovers. Is he going to play a part? We'll see. Uh, Liam Shaw and Osazi Urugide have both come in from Sheffield Wednesday. They are presumably development <laughs> projects, I, I would imagine. James McCarthy has come in. I uh, haven't seen too much of him so far. And Jota, the winger on loan from Benfica. Benfica. So how how is that how is that sounding to you, Simon Donnelly? Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. I, I, I liked, uh, is it Juranovic? Is that yeah, how you yep. him? the Croatian he, international. Just what we were talking about playing on opposite sides. He played on the on the left at the weekend. I thought he was decent for his debut. Uh, good experience, obviously, at the finals with Croatia. So I think he'll be a good addition. Obviously, he's, Ralston started the season very well, but it's covered there. Or he takes a, the jersey off Ralston. Hart at the back, a wee bit of experience. I know he had the mistake at Altmar, but what I liked about that night was he made a couple of great saves after that. You know, you can tell experience just dusted himself down, didn't mm. let him affect him. 
and it's just the way I think Ange wants him to play. It's going to be kind of hearts in the mouth stuff at times, you know, with that <laughs> playing out for the back. I don't mm. know if I hundred percent agree with it, playing football in the right areas, but that's what they're doing, and it's it's, it's not going to be dull watching Celtic. That's for sure. So it's a, I mean, there's a fair old outlay there, but the, then I guess uh, Sean, you could say that Celtic have brought in a fair bit of money in the last while yeah. as well, all, all the way back to Jeremy Frimpong, and obviously recently uh, with Christopher Iyer. Um, what, what do you think about the spending? Yeah, I think it's been very, very good. I think we've spent well. First and foremost, the three players that were in the squad for last season who their heads were firmly out the door were Ayer, Christie and Edward. They've all gone. The circus at Lee Griffiths, he's been showing the door as well, which I think is a positive. But other than that, yeah, I think the money's been well spent. As I've said, we've got the top goal scorer from the Dutch League. We've got our Croatian international that were both they both were fairly cheap pay transfers, so I feel as if the money's been money's well spent, and then hopefully Ange is good to his word, and he's he's going to dip into the the J League come January, and yeah. he, he gets to spend a few more. Simon Donnelly, you were a goal machine in your day. Um, <laughs> it says here on my script, um, a, a lot of <laughs> that, that was you actually. Um, a lot of goals have gone out the door, haven't they, with Edouard and Griffiths and Christie. Christie. That's yeah. a lot to replace, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Somebody actually said to me on the back of Christy leaving, uh, he felt it was a, a big hole uh, that not necessarily has been replaced. I, I guess guys like the, the young kid from Benfica, is it? Jota. Jota. Uh, Abad is only 19. It's a lot to ask him to, to do it week in, week out. But they've still got... I mean, Rogic has found form, mm. you know, under under Ange. Turnbull, I know you're not thinking of him as a goal scorer and Turnbull's, attacking player, yeah, but he's a goal scorer. Turnbull He'll get, get you double you, figures. Yeah, he could get you 10 goals. Fantastic strike. Well, he's, got, he's got five already. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. Um, fantastic strike for around about the edge of the box. Yeah. Great strike on him. Uh, Forrest is still to come back into the fold. He's always good for goals. Mm. Um, Mikey Johnston? Mikey Johnston's another one that I've, I've loved to watch. You know, he's, he's it's been stop-start for Mikey because of injuries and mm. stuff, but certainly when he's at full fitness he can add something to the Celtic team he's, he's now got guys like this Jota and Abada there in similar positions so it's good, good competition and the Greek who I'm not going to try and pronounce his name oh at the come moment, on go for it Giamakis <laughs> we've all had a, we've all had a crack at it with varying degrees of success uh, the to Greek be, to be honest uh, he looks I mean 20 plus last season let's hope that's not just a, a purple pack season for him and he's, he's going to go on and score more for Celtic what about this season then, Sean? Just before you go, um, are Celtic serious title contenders? Um, well, I know it's been a stop-start season. What can we say? We've had two wins, two draws. I feel as if there's still a lot to be done. My main issue is to try and claw back that 25-point gap from last season. Anything else is a bonus. We can maybe get back and get a good cup run again. Uh, but I feel as if we could close the gap definitely and run them close. I'm not going to be overly confident and say we're going to win it, win it, but I feel as if we could run them close. Hopefully, a, a realistic, a realistic, perfectly balanced football fan. It's not going to catch on, is it? Really, <laughs> it's really not. Sean, good to have you on the show. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, Sean. All, right. All, All the best. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. The focus very much on international football. At the moment, and uh, we're looking ahead to the big game, aren't we? Australia against China. Seven o'clock kickoff. Is it seven o'clock? <laughs> I can't believe you but, played that uh, with a straight bat. By the way, but yeah, the so the group that we're in is obviously uh, with Japan, who were defeated 
today by Oman. So that's not a good result for us because, um, you know, there'll be a... Brings the, another team into it. Well, yeah. Japan I mean, the favourites for the, that the, game today. Was that a they, they were. Yeah, that was that was a shock. So, again, there's there's... Those campaigns, there's not a, not a lot of room for error. They've slipped up in the in the first game, so that'd be difficult for Australia. But Australia, China, yes, seven o'clock, Rob. I was actually talking about Austria, Scotland uh, next week, but um, anyway, <laughs> thanks for all that detail, <laughs> which we could have well done without. I, we're going to speak about Cristiano Ronaldo as well, who's been released early from international duty by Portugal uh, because of suspension. And funnily enough, that means he can link up with Manchester United and get all those pictures uh, done with them. Did he get, was that on the back of the booking last night? Because yeah. it was for taking his jersey off. Yeah. His second goal, wasn't it? Yeah, he's become the all-time the all time leading men's international goal scorer. Two goals last night against the Republic of Ireland. Uh, but, but then, yeah. But then took off his shirt, yeah. was booked by the referee. He wouldn't have known, yeah. I would imagine, that that would lead to suspension and oh, to be able to go to Old Trafford no, at, he that, at he, that point. He wouldn't have known that. By the way, did, I've seen a picture today, Rob. Um, ten years difference, 2011-2021. Ronaldo with his with his top off, mate. He looks better. Are these the sort of websites you <laughs> you peruse? Mate, he, he looks better in terms of unbelievable physique. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible the condition uh, did, and how professional he has been for so many years. Did you think you were looking in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Portugal due to face Qatar Saturday, Azerbaijan. Next Tuesday, uh, Ronaldo now able to link up with Man U earlier than expected. Sorry for being cynical. Having rejoined uh, the club, of course, from Juventus. Um, incredible scoring exploits, though. And, and, it, and it never ends. He's, he's 36. Yeah. And I mean, how long, Simon, is he going to keep on doing this? Absolute phenomenon. It's uh, incredible. At 36, he's signed two years with Man United with an, a, yeah. a year option. If anybody was wondering how he's going to fit into that, the two goals last night, mm. if he's in that box yep. nine times out of ten, he gets on the end. There'll be plenty of crosses going into that Man United box. And that's what they they kind of that's what they need as yep. well, you know. Hundred percent. He's, he's he's one of these guys. Obviously, he came on the scene. He was the flying winger, all the tricks, all the pace, and he's just modified his game year after year with the sands of time, basically. Yeah. But he he could play to he could play to his forty. He's in line to make his second debut for Man U against Newcastle. Uh, Craig's old team in the mm. Premier League uh, a week on a week on Saturday, and it will be a short price for him to score in that game, won't it? Yeah, it will be. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think whether that was a home or away fixture because Newcastle up there at Newcastle normally do okay against Manchester United. Can yeah. can snag a result every now and then. But you're right, Rob. He's he's just a scoring machine, um, and. Even the the timing of his goals, the the moments. Uh, you see his movement for, see for the second goal. Ah, he goes in there. He's already in there for the first cross. And the guy delays the cross. I think he chops back, and he just he moves maybe a couple of yards back on side to go and attack it again. I was pointing out to my boy today. It's yeah. just great movement, and that's what he's he's going to bring. Do you not show him videos of yourself? <laughs> <laughs> but he hasn't I lost his pace. Sorry, but he hasn't lost his pace either. I mean, no. so he's. He's still got everything, yeah. but he's refined his game, yeah. uh, as you've touched on. And and by the way, uh, again, if you're coming up against uh, Ronaldo now, you're not thinking, oh, by the way, like he's coming to the end of his career. No. You're on your toes and you're going, by the way, he can do anything um, and, and he's still scoring goals. And he, it's just an unbelievable story. And there, there's still, I mean... It'll be interesting he, to see he, how he, he does. He can help Manchester United win the title. There yeah. you go. It'll be interesting to see how he does because I think the, the English Premiership now with... The, 
the big teams, it's it's a real strong league. Again, you know, you look at Chelsea and additions and yep. Lukaku and guys like that. But it'll be interesting to see how the 36-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo does in the English Premiership. I think he'll, he'll tear it up. He'll go well. I, I, I agree. And they'll make a few quid back, you would imagine, Man U. Yeah, a couple uh, of <laughs> In terms of things commercial, uh, scoring uh, those headers last night to take his uh, tally for Portugal to 111, uh, surpassing the record previously held by Ali Dai, who scored 109 for Iran, Iran. between 1993 and 2006. Played against him, Rob. Did you? Yeah. Uh, in the World Cup qualifier. Did he score? He didn't. That was in 1997. What a claim to fame that I, is. I had him in my pocket. I think he was only playing for Bayern Munich at that <laughs> stage as well. But they went through to the World Cup. That was uh, when we, we lost uh, on aggregate to Iran. Oh, in the Ali Day. Yeah. There you go. Ali Day in Craig Moore's back pocket. Who ah, would, by the way, who he, he, was a big, he was a big, big boy as well. Yeah. Uh, just shoves himself about. There you go, Rob. It all seems a million miles away from Copenhagen last night. <laughs> and uh, those goals conceded Scotland early on against Denmark, blown away. Yeah, I think so. We we expected a high energy start. That's that's what we got, that's what we faced. But I, th- I think when you look at both goals that we've conceded, we could have done better on both. Uh, and that's probably the most disappointing part because we didn't give ourselves a, a platform in the game and it took us until 30 minutes into the game before we started getting a feel for it. By that time, the the game had gone beyond our reach. There's nothing more frustrating than when the team you're backing starts to play after the game has gone. And that, that's the way it was last night. And, and we're talking about basics, aren't we, Craig? You know, you're a, you're, you're a great central defender. We're, we're talking about the basics of defending at both those goals. Yeah, and look, that's a disappointing thing because, you know, sometimes you're playing against a, a, an opponent and you go, you know what, they are a lot better uh, on all areas. But this was down to just organisation, um, basics of defending, uh, and and that that is what allowed Denmark to get off to such a such a great start. But you can do so much better, Rob. You know, like the the, the first goal, Tierney gets caught. He, he gets caught. He's in the wrong position. Uh, Was gets gets a run on him. He's not close enough. And then the the second goal, you know, Scotland have got loads of bodies, but no communication, no structure, no understanding of where the danger is. Um, and and they're, they're the things that you've got to make really, really quick decisions defensively uh, in terms of where's the threat um, and who can score <laughs> and, and, and dealing with that. And they didn't deal with that um, well enough. And away from home and against a good side like Denmark, you're finished, you know. But in the end, like I said, you, you know, Steve Clark has to make some changes. Um, it stays at two. Uh, and, and now everybody... That's supporting this campaign with Scotland, the players, the coaching staff, the supporters, they know that every game now is a must-win game. Mm. Um, and for me, I think that that can work in Scotland's favour. Was it embarrassing last night, Simon? It could have been. It could have been. I think we were way off it. I think the 2-0 probably flatters us. I think at one point, you're fearing four or five, you know. Uh, and the two goals, yeah. I mean, it's good goals for Denmark's point of view. You know, a great cross in. Mm. Tierney, it's very unlike him to get caught mm. like that underneath the ball. But the, the boy picks him out of the back post really well with a cross. Is that a weakness? Is that, if there is a, I mean, he's such a good player. He's such a wonderful player, Caden Tierney. Is that weakness in his game aerially? No, that, because I think he's played, well, he goes to play further in as a more central defender second half. I think he's had some good performances. I think mm. it's just really unlike him to, it just, again, at that level, we talk about levels, you switch off. For a split second, mm-hmm. the guy's in off off you, and his his mate can pick him 
yeah, right, yeah. Onto his, yeah. right onto his head for 20, 30 yards away. Re- recovery is difficult at that it point. Is, it is. Yeah. And the second one again, it's a wee one two run about the box. Again, it's really good with Denmark, but right through the middle of, of yeah. defence. Seven, seven Scotland players in the vicinity. Yeah. 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 And, and none of them affecting it. No, not again. Just not not being able to to sense danger, and all it takes is a split second. Rob, you you know, if you ball watch, or all of a sudden go, yeah. that's, that's what it, the game it happens that yeah. quickly, and all of a sudden you're picking the ball out of the net, and that mm. was the situation. Interesting thing you're saying something with Tierney. Sometimes, as a player, when he's bouncing about between left fullback and a back four, left wing back, left centre half. You can understand why potentially yeah. he, he he gets caught because yeah. he's he, you know he's changing a lot in terms of the the way he's playing and each yeah. game is is he's maybe being asked to do something different. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. That could definitely be a reason. You know, it's not becoming automatic because he's playing the same position week in week out. He has ha- had to chop and change, particularly for the national team. But yeah. again, just. If you do get caught sleeping for that split second at that level, that's what they can. That's yeah, yeah, that's what, teams what happens. Like can do. Yeah. Because when you when you're playing the same position all the time, you do things on remote control because that's what you do. That's the area of the pitch that you occupy. That's your expertise. That's what you know. You're right. And then all of a sudden, Rob, when you're in form, you don't think it is automatic. You know, it's just boom, boom, boom. You're doing things without even thinking it. You're doing really well. And and unfortunately for you know for Tierney, he he hasn't had that. In recent in recent months, you know, he's been used in in different positions, and like I said, all of a sudden you can get caught where, if he's a left fullback or a left wing back, that's actually running into his left sided centre half. Yeah, but he was, he was in, in that position and needed to do that, um, and and probably just allowed a little bit too much space on the outside. Grant Hanley, one of very few Scottish success stories last night, Simon. Yeah, and I think just on the back of, I thought he was one of our better players at the the finals. Mm. I thought he did. A really good job there, in a bit or a position in the team that probably isn't our strongest over the, the, the last few years. You probably argue that midfield, and obviously our, our, our fullbacks are probably our strongest. If we could just find a striker out there now that can put the ball in the net, we've had good or, just, or just play Lyndon Dykes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's in good he's in good yeah. domestic form, yeah, Lyndon yeah. Dykes, and again just getting an extra body up the pitch there to maybe relieve the danger and keep his. Being some sort of goal threat, you know, I, I felt at times last night it was all one-way traffic, first half especially. Mm. Uh, it would be nice to see us go with a wee bit more of an attacking team, which I think we will do on Saturday. It yeah. wasn't a classic, was it, in Copenhagen last night? Scotland have all to do to qualify for the World Cup. We're talking uh, about that. Uh, we're talking about uh, club football as well, of course, on the back of uh, the old firm result. Uh, 1-0 Rangers at Ibrox on Saturday can Celtic be serious title contenders this season? News at six on the way, plus another hour of football chat. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Is that Craig Moore had uh, record-breaking goal scorer just overtaken last night by uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ali Dai, he'd Ali Dai of a run in his back pocket I'm playing too. for Australia all those years ago. You've kept that one quiet. Oh, Which is I, unlike I, you. Because we never qualified. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He has been telling us the hard luck story of uh, Australia failing to make it uh, to those finals. But he was at a couple of major finals, weren't you? I managed 2006 and 2010. And 2006 was, was a sweet one. A bit like, obviously, you guys would have experienced with the Euros. We were, we were 32 years um, 
was the last time that Australia had previously qualified or been involved in a major tournament, which was 1974. So mm. I share your pain and your journey, mm. Rob, is very oh, similar. It's very similar to, to what we, we all experienced in Australia. Simon Donnelly, World Cup 98. Yes, a blood, a blood lout yeah. many moons ago. Yeah, thankfully we've uh, rewritten the record books in terms of qualifying for major finals. Not so sure, though, we're going to be qualifying for back-to-back -back finals. It's going to be a tall order on the back of uh, that result last night in Copenhagen, Denmark 2, Scotland 0. But it was 2-0 going on. A, a whole lot more and lots of talk today about Stevie Clark's starting line-up with uh, skipper Andy Robertson playing at right wing back. The decision was always difficult. I don't think that was the, the sole cause of our problems in the first half. I thought we defended too deep. We, we weren't brave enough on the, on the back line, which made, it, made the midfield area too big for, for our boys to get close to the ball. So I thought second half, we, we got the line right. We had a little bit more aggression in our press and, and we found ourselves in the game. So if you're defending too deep, Craig Moore. Is that mm -hmm. not something that can be sorted while the game is in motion? Is that, or is is that difficult to affect for the head coach on the touchline? Um, actually, changing what's happening on the pitch, getting the defence to squeeze up. Look, normally, if you're two things, if you're defending too deep, normally it, it can be a game plan that you are going to sit and defend deep. And but it doesn't sound like that was the plan from what he's saying. That was my first point. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> let, let me get to my second. Sorry. And, and then now uh, with the with with the other way in terms of the defending being too deep and 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 you're not not getting bodies close enough in the middle of the park, it can be that you as a team you're 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 too stretched. You know. So again, it's kind of like where where you're going to be wherever you are in a park if it's deep or if it's the middle or if, or if it's more attacking, it should only be 30 yards, 35 yards from your last defender to your, your striker. I think they were forced back. I think the way yeah, the game started, the, the, they were the, forced the back. And all of a sudden, you're under huge amounts of pressure. It can be difficult to change the tide at that point and then go, I think, the 14th minute, 15th minute, and then another bang, one bang. a minute later. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're taken by surprise, the home fans, everything. They're, I think Scotland just get caught cold. But they sh this is the thing. I think this is the disappointing thing. that They shouldn't have been caught by surprise. I can understand in terms of a, a team comes out quick, bang. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's it's really important that you can try and find a way where you get a little spell. Um, you know, maybe players going down, you're using the time wisely. Yeah. Uh, but certainly once you concede, or if you do concede, you can't concede as quickly um, like Scotland did because that, that really then just gives you no chance or, or a huge uphill battle. Brian's got in touch with us uh, on social media to say I would question if it's real Scotland supporters that are asking for him to be <clears throat> sacked. Uh, we'd shown, didn't we, on early on in the show uh, saying he reckons it's time up for Stevie Clark. Um, Brian says Steve's a, a well, well known to have a soft spot for Celtic. This makes him a target when he doesn't get the results. Um, but he is the man uh, to take us forward. Players switching off for goals is out of the manager's hands. Simon? Yeah, it's a fair call. It's a fair call. You can you can prepare for a game as much as you want. Uh, if somebody switches off or in case of the second goal, maybe gets sucked towards the ball with a Decision making. Yeah, just decision, decision making. making. You can't really affect that from the side of the pitch. Uh, I think we're in the midst of a really important campaign it's going to be really difficult, but not impossible, 
So I don't think that would be the move just now, yeah. but um, that's the nature of the beast in football, isn't it? I mean, it could be the best thing since sliced bread, qualifying for the finals, and two games later, people are calling for your head. Any positives, Stevie? Uh, listen, when you lose, there's not too many positives. We have to go away, recover well, and, and get three points at Hamden on Saturday against Moldova. That's, that's the next objective. You don't have time to feel too sorry for yourself. We'll assess what happened. We'll try to do better. And let's not forget how good Denmark are. They're a really good team. They showed that in the summer. And they showed that again tonight, especially first half. Moldova Saturday, then it's Austria away, yeah. and uh, they just become even more massive matches than than they were already. I guess you could sort of say um, Denmark are going to win the group, so the result against them doesn't matter. But I guess it's it's about this getting a performance, isn't it, to kick into these games where the points actually do make a big difference. Yeah, they need to build. Probably need to build confidence after getting knocked out at the finals. Another defeat against Denmark, uh, quite a comprehensive one. I think they have to get some confidence now with a good result at the weekend yeah. to build going into another hugely difficult game in, in Tuesday in Austria. What should the team have been, Craig Moore, oh. last night? Um, would we would, would we start? Would have Lyndon Dykes and and Chain Adams? Would we have had a front two? Uh, Ryan Fraser at right wing back, as it turned out to be the case in the second half and maybe maybe David Turnbull uh, in midfield uh, to give instead us a little instead of McLean yeah instead of yeah. McLean yeah. yeah no I mean look again you, you, they're all valid uh, in terms of you know Turnbull's playing out of his skin um, at the moment domestically so could have easily gone in there gives you that that threat from the middle of the park in terms of uh, you know looking to, to pick up things edge of the box and will offload and will shoot and quite accurate and successful with that um, yeah, you could play Fraser. You could have played him as a, as a wing back, and then that way kept your strength in terms of Tierney and Robertson on the on the left hand side. I definitely would have had two up top. Um, yeah. I just feel um, I, I probably like to do the opposite. <laughs> like everyone, the modern day game, one up top, one up top. For me, all these central defenders, people talk about being ball players first. I like to think, well, actually, can they defend first? And and why don't why don't we test them? So put two up, put two up, and, and make them actually have to defend. Um, because not many teams do it. No. And and I think we we saw how much Lyndon Dykes did occupy Denmark in the second half. Whereas at the <coughs> the, the first half, uh, Kerr and Anderson and Christensen, the back three uh, for them last night, mm. they, they were they were absolutely cruising first yeah, half. It was an easy night for them, especially in the first half. But I'm, I'm agreeing with Craig, get, get two bodies up front. Uh, I looked at the team when it came out and I was trying to work out where people were playing. Mm. And I don't think anybody could have anticipated Andy Robertson playing on, on the right. No. Uh, and when that changes, we do look a wee bit more effective, albeit the game's gone, but we, we, we do kind of stem the flow a little bit. And I think going forward, I think we have to play with the two two strikers. And the thing about Lyndon Dykes is he was actually a, a player in form coming into the, was, game, the games as well, because he, three, yeah. I think it's three and four for yep. QPR to start the season. So yep. so you, you want guys Conference. that are... Yeah, and David Turnbull's been, been scoring goals, a hat-trick against St Mirren, five already for the season. And sooner or later, you have to take a chance on somebody like David Turnbull, don't you? Because he is capable of doing big things <clears throat> in games. Yeah, I just... Uh, so you try to you try to figure out what the selection process was. I think did McLean score at the weekend coming into it on a high with Norwich. He scored. He scored in the League Cup. Was it League uh, Cup? against Bournemouth? Yeah, and um, six nil. I, I think Turnbull had a great start to the season, but mm. I don't think he had his best game against Rangers. I don't no. know if these things come into yeah. consideration mm. going away for the next game. 
I it's think a bit of balance, isn't it? I, I think Turnbull's a guy that can handle it. I think he's came into that Celtic team and yeah. no doubt raised levels last year. As you say, he scores a, f- a fantastic hat trick the other week. I just I don't think he had his best game against Rangers. I've seen him play better, and you don't know if that comes into the manager's consideration. Uh, I'd have no qualms putting him in there, you know, on, on Saturday. And that they have been changing. Is it was there not a change just recently to the the backroom staff? Yeah. So uh, so again, there's Stephen Stephen Reid's gone. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, so there's been changes, Will. Like, so it was just more in terms of the couple calls that we. We've had, Austin we've... McPhee came in, but then because yeah. of COVID, I think it was he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't join yeah. up, and then Stephen Naismith became part of the the coaching coaching team. So, so, I mean, yeah, there, there, there was chaos so there's on and off behind, the pitch. So there's been change mm-hmm. behind yeah. the scenes as well, Rob. So it's, again, it's like it's easy to say, well, you know, Steve Clark, um, Scotland are not going to qualify, so therefore get rid of him, lots of stuff. It's it's certainly something that I don't buy into mm. because I think again you, you've been dealt certain scenarios that have been out of your control, um, but obviously he's had changes also to his backroom uh, staff, which is vitally important to any head coach. Um, and you're in a tough group. You're in a really really tough group. So for me, um, you just got to keep at it. But you could just see that maybe things on and off the field because of all the the interruptions and the changes. That's probably what we've seen for the first 20 minutes uh, yeah. in terms of that performance yeah. uh, against Denmark, unfortunately. But, but they will bounce more, back. More right siders as well. I mean, Forrest was out. Yeah. Now, we put Fraser there second half, but Forrest was out. O'Donnell, Patterson, who's been round about it. Yep. Uh, you, I mean, you lose McTominay and McGinn, and that, that's two-thirds of your first-choice yeah. midfield, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's what we said at the start of the show. We are not a good enough team to afford missing one or two players. McGinn, how many goals has McGinn scored for us recently? And recent times probably arguably our most goal threat yeah, from, mid, albeit, from midfield albeit he's a midfielder yeah. but he's, he's scored six, seven maybe eight goals so when you take him out of your team it's, it's like that's that's maybe the frustrating thing for Scotland just now we performed really well against England we go into that last game against Croatia and Gilmore's mm. out with Covid and he's had a great performance against England yeah. and then we go into the next bit for the World Cup campaign and we're losing McGinn these are big players McTominay as you said we, we just can't afford to the sooner we get these guys back all yeah. fit, then mm, we might have a chance. But we're now in a position where we've been beaten off Denmark. And as you said, Craig, it's a really difficult group. I mean, the many times have we been tussling with Israel in yeah, recent, recent times. times. Yeah. Austria got to the last 16. So it's, it's, it's a tough group. Yeah, we seem to be working on the basis that we're going to beat Israel at home. And, uh, and that, that, yeah. that's far from straightforward. Yeah, no, look, it's just a, for me, it's a mentality. You know, like, say, the game against England, unbelievable performance and stuff. But that didn't, that didn't surprise me yeah. because that's kind of what and when I expect it from Scotland. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just other times when I think, you know what, this is probably a real opportunity if you know if you're nice and aggressive, if you if you're allowed to express yourself, you can get some rewards in this match. And they're normally the kind of games that I think people are let down. Yeah, because and they're I, the best. They can go and do it. They can compete against the best. They've shown it. And I don't really go with the excuse the the, the players missing excuses anyway. Uh, you know, and and it was exacerbated. I think when you when you saw the list of subs coming up on the screen, and Denmark had their had their full complement, <laughs> and there was just a shortened version on the other side of Scotland, only six outfield players available off the bench uh, for Stevie Clark. But but Denmark were without. Casper uh, Dolberg, who was terrific for them yeah. at the finals, uh, Martin Brathwaite of Barcelona, Barcelona yeah, um, of and and Yannick Vestergaard of of Leicester, unavailable. So so th- there are three big players missing for it. So so they had they had a little bit of chaos going on as well. But you know you're, you're about to say more quality to they're come in. They're a better in. team. Yeah. They're a better team than us. I mean they're, they're rated twelve. Yeah. And 
again, I'm speaking to a friend on the phone last night, we're talking about the size of the nation and wh why is that? But it is the way it is just now. You know, Denmark are a better team than us. Uh, and maybe they can afford to, to lose that quality and replace it with somebody of that ilk, mm. where I don't think we have. We've got big players there and we need, we need them playing in the 11. They're a better team than us, but let's be competitive. Let's let's not gift them a couple of goals in the first 50 minutes mm. to the extent that the, the game is over at that stage and whatever they choose to go on and do from yeah. there, yeah. they ain't losing the game. Well, that's the thing, like I said, away from home, and I've been in the situation loads of times where <clears throat> you know you're actually coming up against a better side, right? But boy, can you make it hard for them. Can you frustrate them? Can you, can you force them to uh, be in a position where all of a sudden they start to run out of ideas? Their home supporters get a little bit frustrated and all of a sudden you go into the match. That's, that's what Scotland needed to do in this type of, type of match and unfortunately uh, they didn't achieve it last night. Um, but, you know, as, as we have in football, there's, a, there's an opportunity just around the corner of and it's about bouncing back and not only putting in a, a, a good performance and getting the right result, but being able to then take that in the really, really important match against, against yeah. Austria because that's a must-win game. Draws at this stage for me. Uh, and, and not going to no. not going to cut the mustard. You got to go and win your next two games and win them well. Yeah, because Israel <clears throat> and Austria both got points, uh, both got wins last both night, won. didn't they? So yeah. so suddenly the, the the group table tells it like it is at this stage, and, and it tells you how much Scotland um, have have got to do. I, I, I can only imagine how painful a watch Simon that must have been for Stevie Clark last night, who in theory had the right plan. To, to put in place and and t putting aside wherever he played Andy Robertson but actually just the shape of the team he wanted to be compact didn't he yep. and what and what he was watching uh, was a team that was completely disjointed the defense wasn't close to, close enough to the midfield the midfield wasn't close enough to to Che Adams up yep. front and Denmark are the the last team you want to be profiting from that sort of setup yeah because they're Probably the opposite to us in terms of confidence. They're sky high after the mm. finals performance. I've got to the, the last four, so they're, they're they're brimming with confidence. And yeah, Steve Clark have prepped the team to go out there and, as you say, make it as difficult for the opposition as possible. But the game was effectively over in what a quarter of an hour. We were, we were yeah. two 0 down and it was gone. Yeah. And that's maybe the frustrating. That's yeah. where I keep saying this word frustrating. Sometimes when I watch Scotland, we look as if we're getting somewhere. In recent time, getting close to actually being a right good team. But for the first 30, 40, 45 minutes last night, I thought we were a million miles away again. And that's that's where yeah. I don't get it. But that's just, see, see, again, I go back to the England game, right? There's bite, right? There, there's real good pressure on the ball. But that's uh, an easy game to it, get up for, isn't it? No, no, but, yeah, but it is 100%. 100%. That's, that's why I'm not surprised by the type of performance. But defending, when we're, not, when we're talking defending, I'm not just talking about back four, back five, Rob. Defending as... A, a whole general. So when you're two metres away like I am, the distance from me and Simon, if I'm allowing the opponent to have the ball that distance away, he's got his head up, he can play whatever pass he wants. It's about getting closer. It's about being able to get his head down so he can't then make those decisions. Yeah. That didn't happen with Scotland. Anywhere across the park in the early stages of that game. They, they, the Denmark players were allowed to have their head up to be able to play whatever passes they liked. That's what hurt you. I liked your little reminder about social distancing there. I saw what you did there. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
Talking football is what we do on a regular basis. Thursday's edition of the show, Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly with Rob McLean in the studio and you uh, dictating the direction of the football conversation. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join us. We are uh, looking back as we have to do, unfortunately, on what happened in uh, Copenhagen last night. Looking forward uh, as we Scotland fans continually have to do, hoping for a win against uh, Moldova. Surely we can expect that on Saturday. Uh, but what do we expect in Austria in surely the big game now of those two for Stevie Clark and his team? Uh, three points, you would imagine. Um, a necessity. Uh, let's bring Craig in Cumberland into the conversation. Hi, Craig. Hi, Rob, Craig, and Simon. How you doing? How you yeah, doing, very well. How's yourself? Aye, aye, not too bad. I'm quite happy actually. I've just finished work for a long weekend after. So oh, yeah, beauty. Care. Well done. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to talk about, Craig? Yeah, the Scotland thing. Look, um, first of all, just before I make a point, I'll prefix it by saying this: I'm not one of these people who's going to come on here and say, "Oh, you know, Steve Clark should be sacked," because I think you know. It's an immediate reaction we have seemingly after every poor result we get with Scotland that the manager should be sacked. You know, so I'm not going to you know come on here and say that because that's probably a bit harsh. However, I do think when you look at the results since the Serbia game, one win, you know, in nine, no good enough, nowhere near good enough. Uh, six competitive games in there because the game we won was a friendly, of course. Six competitive games since then, failure to win any of them again, not good enough. And I know we talk about the Euros and. It's fantastic to be there. The, the draw of England was fantastic, but we all said going into the Euros that we weren't going to be there just to make up the numbers. But that's exactly what it ended up being because it's the worst return we've ever had at, at a major competition. Um, but you know, getting there itself was an achievement, no doubt. So to me, I look at that and I look at last night. You know, we admitted that he got it wrong with the initial starting lineup, putting Andy Roberts in where he did. I just wonder if the SFA wouldn't have been better waiting for this qualification campaign to be over to then review his contract situation um, and see about whether he gets an extension or not. Because I think giving him the extension beforehand is now one of the things that's given, you know, some, not all, but some fans, you know, that bit more ammunition to say totally wrong decision he should have been sacked. Whereas normally you review it after a qualification campaign. If we don't get it's second in this campaign, you know, and a playoff shot is a failure, really. Even you know, with teams like Austria and Denmark in the group, and except they're yeah. good teams, but but for where we want to be, that is a failure. So, in that respect, I think maybe they were just a bit too premature. I also think sometimes it's good to have managers working under pressure. You know, put him under a wee bit more pressure so he knows I need to deliver something here. Um, because there is pressure on his job. Yeah. Does he got his three years? Yeah, but that shouldn't mean he's in a job for life. You no, know, but I, I think, I mean, I think he puts pressure, he probably puts pressure on himself though, Craig. I mean, he, he's a passionate Scot. I mean, I do like listening to him. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's giving it everything. No one wants to do, uh, to do better in the job than, than he does. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure having an extended contract uh, make, makes an awful lot of difference. Um, Simon, what, what did you think about that extension to his deal? Uh, I can see where Craig's coming from, to be honest. But I, I don't think contracts these days really mean anything. Other than <laughs> he'll get a, he'll get a decent payoff if, if they choose to get rid of him. I think I think the next two games are big games for Scotland. Yeah, I think uh, they can really turn it round if we go and get two wins. It's a big if, but if we go and get two wins, it shouldn't be a big if, should it? <laughs> Aust- Austria probably is. Yeah, on the back of 
what I seen last night. Mm. Uh, we we need to we need to go attacking in the next game. Get three points. And I think we need to win against Austria. I think these games are big ones for possibly his future as well. Uh, but you're right. You can't you can't live off the fact that he got us to the finals. I think it was a fantastic achievement. I thought we could have done a wee bit better. I said to you earlier on. Mm. I thought a wee bit more of a positive team in the first game gets us off to a really good start uh, against the Czechs. We didn't get that and we were always chasing our tail after that and we're certainly chasing our tail in this qualifying group just now on the back of the defeat last night. It would be a really deflating feeling, uh, Craig Moore, wouldn't it, for, for Scotland not to make it to this finals having waited so long to make it to the last ones. Yeah, and look, and it's a hard one to to, to manage the, the expectation. Uh, all of a sudden now, you, you know, you've had that experience of uh, that major tournament within 23 years, I think the wait was, Rob. Mm-hmm. And now, and it, it's it's good, but it's, it's just the way it is. So now it's like, okay, so qualifying for the next major tournament, which is a World Cup, is now a must, right? And then and then you get to the stage when you're, you're qualifying for World Cups and Euros on a regular basis. Now you must get through your group stage. Like, those demands are, 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 what, um, are, are what should always be there. But the reality is... To, to hit those targets and, and, and to, to, to make that happen, it's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult, you know, not only for Scotland, but for, for many, many other countries. But, you know, when I've seen, when I've seen the group, I think we all straight away, we go, you know what, Denmark are a standout. So you know that you're scrapping for second. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still the situation. That still is available. It's still in Scotland's hands. Um, you know, in regards to the extension of the contract, um, I don't know what the actual extension was. Was it to the end of this World Cup cycle? To, no, to the no through the next to, Euro, to, the to next the, round of European to, qualifiers to, to to the Euros. Okay, so and the thing is, Craig as well. I'll be honest with you, mate. International football, in terms of coaches as well, it's it's not for everyone. So you know, it's easy to say, okay, well, he may, he may not be the man, or he may not be the man come eighteen months, twenty four months. But the, the type of people that then put their hands up uh, for, for the international things, a lot of them are journeymen. A lot of them are. Mm. Um, and, and again, it's kind of, does that then fit what you're trying to build within your country in terms of your playing philosophy? I could bore you to tears with all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's just for me, the pressures um, for me is based on success. And, and that's the hard thing at, fo- at football because it's now you've always got to improve, you've got to better it. The money tends not to be as good for an international manager. You don't have day-to-day with the players <laughs> and you also don't have a transfer market. Yeah. So you are, you, you're, 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 you're basically bound by what you have in the way of playing quality. Yeah, and particularly with our nation, having to dig out little gems here and there if we can. Uh, it's better than it was though, isn't it? I mean, it you know, the Scotland job ain't easy, but it's easier I, than it yeah, was th- because of so you know, on, some of the players we've already spoken I've about. on record talking about it. we've got good enough players there uh, particularly the, the two left backs obviously our, our problems try to fit the, the two of the boys in mm-hmm. our midfield strong I thought we'd sorted it as well but uh, but I, I don't think to, to go back to what Craig's saying about the, the con, I don't think Steve or his staff go about their job any differently whether he's sitting on a rolling year or he's got a two year contract I don't think I think as you said there the Scottish job I think for me is passion He's a Scotsman. It's passion. Feel all the passion that we felt qualifying for the finals, getting down and doing so well against our, our old rivals. It's passion that's there. That it, it wouldn't treat the job any differently depending on the contract. But I think the next two games are very important in terms of if he's going to be there or not. Yeah. 
I mean, for a while we were we were Craig in in Cumbernauld. We we were we were comparing ourselves to Northern Ireland and Iceland and and some of these overachievers. Um, you know, the 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 sum is much greater than the individual parts. But actually, Scotland, I've got a lot of good players now, and it's and it it is a question, isn't it, of of fitting them into a team that performs better uh, than, than Scotland performed last night. No, definitely, there's no doubt about it. And listen, of course. You know, you're hamstrung by the fact that you're missing some key players yeah. um, in key areas last night. And I think, you know, one of our, one of our biggest problems right now that we really need to address pretty quickly, uh, and I don't know who it is that's, that coaches the, the forwards, but, you know, we scored one goal in our last four games. That's, you know, you're not winning games with that kind of goal scoring form. You know, so we, we really need, um, we, we do really need to start scoring goals um, and getting that sorted out. And I, think, I still have confidence in Che Adams, I think, he will come good for us. Um, and I also think, you know, the point I was making with the contract, I think, was was more from the fans' perspective and that we came out of the Euros, a lot of us were happy to be there. People were unified behind the country for the first time in a long, long time. There was a few grumbles, of course, because it was disappointing, but the general tone was we're still unified behind the country. And then when it was announced after that that he got the extension, I felt that kind of inflamed a few fans who were somewhat dissatisfied with Euros and then kind of looked at it as, well, hold on a minute here. You know, we've had a, a really poor campaign and we've just rewarded the manager for a poor campaign. I think, I'm just for a fan's point of view, I think mm, that yeah. stirred up a couple of emotions again, which we didn't really need because I'm behind the manager and I think everybody else should be for this moment in time because I don't see anybody else out there who could do it. I just think sometimes when you're coming off the back of that, you maybe just wait a bit to allow the fans time to go over that and get into the next cycle and then you go right you know even if it was we've had a couple of good games here beat Moldova beat Austria and then go yeah now we can get it when it's so raw off the back of that that created a bit of feeling again that we kind of don't want to go back to and I think that was maybe the slightly advised part of it but we do have good players you know Billy Gilmore was a shining light on a a very poor evening last night you'd you'd have to say you know the effort he puts in he's one for the future you've got Nathan Patterson, who's one for the the, the future, um, you know, if Tony Ralston keeps playing the way he's playing, you know, he'll be right up there challenging with Nathan Patterson and Stephen O'Donnell. Um, and I guess right under norm, under normal circumstances last night, probably he would have been able to have transported uh, a Tony Ralston to to, to Copenhagen uh, and and yeah, get him in the team, you know, to give Scotland a better balance. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just when I was thinking, I was listening to you, Craig, and all that. And it's probably a question for everyone. It's like when your, your DNA, what like your identity in terms of who you are as a as a as a national team. You, know, you look at Holland, Holland, Netherlands, for example, they're total football. You look at Spanish tick attacker. Then you start look what what, what <clears throat> in terms of the identity for for Scotland. Um, apart from passion, there isn't a playing style. Mm. Um, so therefore, if there's no playing style set for your senior national team, what does it then look like as you come down the junior national teams? And you can have all these regional centres and, and talent pathways and all that sort of stuff, but aspiring to mm-hmm. to what? I, I don't know, Craig, like when you look at Scotland, what what is their identity? What's the DNA for you? Well, I think, um, I mean, actually you, because I think your identity for too long is it's kind of been missing a little bit. It seems to be that people just kind of look at it and go, Ah, yeah, you know, it's, that's just Scotland for you. know, we get disappointing results, it's yeah, typical Scotland. We do it the hard way, you know, like Serbia, you know, 91st minute of the game, you're 
home and hose basically. You just need to defend a corner and of course we can see the penalties and people just kinda of shrug it off by saying well it's Scotland. And I think for too long yeah, I'm I'm probably thinking if you go back as far as since maybe Walter Smith, um, you know, you're we we lacked a proper identity other than yeah, we just do things the hard way. We um, we became connected to we, we became connected to glorious failure, didn't we? That that was that was the mm. phrase that was attached mm. to Scotland so many times. That yeah. did really well, tried hard, gave it plenty, but actually didn't quite make it. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of you saying like goal scores, goal goals for a long time have always been a problem. Yeah. So <clears throat> you know what what is what is maybe because the players you the players are good enough. So what what is a style of football that's going to suit um, to be able to score more goals. I just think there needs to be more thought about national team, national identity, where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Well, I'd, I'd actually quite like to see us adopt a bit more of the, and I hate saying this, I really do, I see it through gritty teeth as an Angels man, but I'd like to see us adopt a bit more of the Ange Postacoglu philosophy, you know, being a bit a bit more aggressive mm-hmm. in forward areas. You know, I accept we're going to come up against teams where that's not always possible, but particularly when you when you look at the games against Luxembourg, you know two nothing should have been more. Um, you know Moldova on Saturday they going proper pressing be aggressive again. Even a team like Israel, there isn't any reason why we can't do it because we've got good forward thinking players. You know Robertson goes down there that wing, you know all day long. He's happy to do that. You've got your you know uh, midfields with Turnbulls and Gilmores and Frasers mm-hmm. and. You know, McGregor's and there's a lot of pace there and sometimes we just kinda stagnate it a bit by kinda passing about the midfield a bit side to side and hoping for an opening instead of just let's get in people's faces a bit more um, and be aggressive in the front foot because that's the only way we'll score. And I think with the strikers we've got, the type of strikers they are, it would benefit them more because Indian Dykes is more of a hold up man. But if you're aggressive and you're flooding players forward, if he holds it up a bit he's got three or four options and he can he can send it to um so I do think I would like us to, to do that. The problem is Steve Clark is a more defensive-minded manager, which is not a criticism. It's just, you know, brought great success at Kilmarnock. But, you know, so I'm not sure if he's got the the nerves to go and implement a more attacking style of football. Craig, I'm, I'm going to um, throw something at you and you can take your international hat on and put your put your Rangers hat on in its place because uh, there's a story just broken on Sunsport uh, online and uh, it could have been, this story could have appeared any time over the last three years to be honest but (laughs) Alfredo Morelos admits he hopes an opportunity for him to leave Rangers comes soon Uh, just as the window closes of course he's he's been speaking to a a radio station in Colombia and the quotes are, you heard a lot about my departure that Porto or several teams have made a proposal, but they didn't reach an agreement with Rangers. So my stay at Rangers continues and I feel happy. Uh, the offers have been there, but an agreement has not been reached with the teams. I am calm uh, and I'm a young player. I hope that soon the opportunity to leave will be given. That goal of playing in a big league in Europe is still there. So it's a story that could have been written at any time over the last few years. But what I wanted to ask you was the the fact that it was a remarkable transfer window for Rangers in that nobody of any significance left yeah absolutely you know I was delighted with that and you know listening to the, the words of Alfred I don't think any Rangers fan uh, would be you know raising their eyebrows and be much surprised that he's saying that of course he does you know, he's a young player he's got ambitions he wants to go so we know this but the key for me is that he's he's happy for the moment um, still being at Rangers you know he's not with all due respect, like Watson Edward being held prisoner 
almost, which is what he felt like clearly because he wanted to go for the last two years. He was desperate to go. Um, so I think that that's positive and he'll still put in the, the performances. Like he knows if he wants a big move, he has to put in great performances. He has to score goals. He has to make sure he, he's not overly aggressive. He doesn't get involved in things, which he's getting better at. Um, but the key is is doing those things and scoring the goals. And you know, because you saw against uh, the Alaska, there's three guilt edge opportunities. A player has quality has to score all three, really, right? At least one. So he'll know that. And I think the positive thing for us is we're building towards a future without him. That's why players like Sakala are in the door. Kimar Roof, I think, if we keep him fit and he keeps going, he could absolutely lead the line for us at some point. Um, you know, the four obviously retire, but we'll bring other players in. So I'm not. You know, I think overall, I'm I'm happy to have the players we've got still sitting there because it, and maybe I don't know, you know, Simon might disagree for the Celtic point of view because I don't know much about, um, to be fair, the incidents there. But I think we're probably in looking in a healthier position with our squad in terms of backup players than, than maybe Celtic would be, um, which is what you need if you're going to go and win league titles. But I think you think it's going to be close. You could think it's going to be tight, Simon, this season, the title race. I think so. Just. And the only way I can back my statement up is I think the recruitment, I know it's early days, but the guys that have come in look good. I haven't seen, obviously, anything about the Greek striker. Oh, come on, go for it. Giamakis. 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 I haven't seen any of of the guy other than the video stuff of... uh, But looking at the evidence of the game at the the weekend, I don't think there was much in it. But I, I, I agree with Craig. Obviously, Rangers... Maybe a more settled squad. Mm. They've built it over the last two, three years. Celtic, you know, have got twelve new bodies in. Mm. I don't, I don't know how many went out the door. So it's a lot of chop and change there, mm. and it's probably a work in progress. I don't think they've quite got it right at the back yet, as I say, early days. But I just feel there certainly won't be twenty-five points between the teams this year. No. That was a one-off. I think it will be a, a hell of a lot closer. Craig, thanks for giving us a call. Cheers, lads. Thanks. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Thanks to Chris for keeping us across the travel right through the Go Radio Football Show. We're back again tomorrow, uh, five till seven. And at that stage, of course, just 24 hours away from Scotland against Moldova. Let's hope we can uh, get three points on the board in uh, that one. Um, otherwise we might well be talking about a, a new Scotland manager uh, but hopefully all three points there and then it's on to Austria uh, for what has become uh, an even bigger match than it was um, other news uh, we touched on it right at the top of the show Rangers have banned three fans from uh, attending all matches indefinitely after a video emerged of a group singing racist songs on Sunday. Footage on social media appeared to show Rangers supporters uh, singing a sectarian song prior to their 1-0 win against Celtic. Police Scotland uh, has also arrested and charged the three men. A club statement uh, from Rangers said... Uh, Rangers have written to three individuals to confirm their indefinite ban. We reiterate our club stance against all forms of discrimination and once again underline our approach to so-called fans who bring the good name of Rangers Football Club into disrepute. Uh, Police said the men arrested aged 19, 21 and 24 were the first of numerous expected. Uh, Chief Superintendent Mark Sutherland said racist conduct would not be tolerated. Uh, And of course, the Rangers statement comes just a week after the 
the club issued indefinite sanctions to fans seen in the video chanting a racist song uh, about Celtic's Japanese striker Kyogo Furuhashi. It also banned the supporters club uh, to which they belonged from receiving tickets for future fixtures. So Rangers uh, are not hanging about here and it's uh, tough levels of punishment but uh, it seems, Craig Moore, as if that's what it's going to take to try to change behaviour. I think, I think it's really the only way, Rob, that you can, you can look to stamp this out. Uh, Rangers have acted um, very well and, and, and swiftly. Um, and and <clears throat> with, with these, these suspensions and, and, and what Rangers are imposing to, to, to these people are showing that basically it's unacceptable. Uh, it's no longer uh, acceptable in today's society and, and certainly Rangers um, clearly don't want that to be any part of their football club moving forward. So, I, look, I think it's a wonderful message um, and for sure it'll have people now uh, maybe thinking a little bit more about what they say and, and, and how they act and what they do. Um, so, well done to Rangers. I think they've, they've definitely made the, the right decision and a very, very firm stance. How has the... <clears throat> sectarianism problem changed, Simon, say, over the last 20 years? Uh, I think it's always been there. I think nowadays, I think with racism as well, I think education, uh, you look at everything that has happened throughout football, you know, uh, taking the knee and all this kind of stuff, you know, raising awareness. I don't think it's ever went away, to be honest, but hopefully... You can educate. I mean, you're talking about the the, the boys there. They're all twenty. You say twenty. Nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-four. Matt, I've got a boy at eighteen, and he's just started going to Celtic games. And if I ever thought he was singing or chanting anything, I would. I'd be ashamed of him. And I, I would. I would go out my way to try and educate him. It, it does start with parents, I suppose. Uh, but these. I mean, I have seen the video, uh, and I've, I've got no time for for that. Carry on. It's it's just. We can't tolerate it, but it was the overriding thing from the video was it was all young boys, mm. young boys that are singing and no, probably half of them don't even know what they're singing. Mm. So it's an education. Rangers are taking a strong stance with it, which is great. And if it's banning kids or, or fans from the from from watching their team, hopefully it strikes home. Hopefully they reassess and hopefully they stop doing it. You know, educate themselves, mm. but. I was really surprised with the age age group thing. As I say, it maybe hit me more because I've got a kid that age. Mm. But no, you can't tolerate it. I mean, in the 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 chance against Kyogo, it was a group of fans inside a, a minibus. A, a, I think I think it was a bus or a, a minibus. And and I guess some of those who've been caught up in this will feel they're innocent victims who weren't doing anything wrong. They will reckon, yeah. uh, but maybe just by being part of that. Um, they are uh, guilty of something as well by by let, letting it happen. Maybe they feel they weren't letting it happen. But if innocents get caught up in, in all this, is that just the way it has to be, Craig, if, if stiff punishments are going to be handed out? Hey, look, it, it's a really difficult one, Rob, because, you know, for example, maybe the, the supporter bus, um, you know, there's, there's, there's people on there that, maybe had nothing to do with that situation and then you can turn around and say well yeah but they were they were there they could have done something about the situation but again you don't know what that environment's like um and and again at times we want to stand up for ourselves or stand up for other people um but something also could happen or or be inflamed 
by by talking up or you know it's so you just don't know and sometimes that environment it, it can change very very quickly and be, and become very dangerous um so the punishments I, I strongly believe in that, that have been taken, there are going to be people, unfortunately, that uh, are maybe um, collateral damage in terms mm. of they're, they're, they've been part of, um, they've been there, not been able to do anything about it, the supporters bus is now banned. Um, there, there's people that would have had nothing to do with that. The people that were part of that supporters club that weren't even on that bus and, and that's the whole club. So they're all suffering. But it's back down to it's the minority. Uh, it really is a minority of people that um, uh, are doing these things. I'd like to think that the majority of us, um, you know, are decent hum human beings and go go about our lives in the, in, in the right the right manner. It's just it, it's a minority, and unfortunately, because of that, sometimes some some other people um, are having to be part of that 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 process or that decision, and, and affects them also. These people are, are not big on intelligence, obviously. Um, if they were, they would probably realise that nowadays, unlike 10, 15, 20 yeah. years ago, you're not going to get away with it. There was, a, there was a time where you probably thought, well, nobody's going to see this, we're, we're going to be okay. Not nowadays. Everything is captured in video. Yep, and that's where you quite rightly say it's a lack of intelligence, videoing themselves and then sticking it up on social media. It's... Ignorance. Ignorance. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous about a, a fantastic football player that's came and actually lightened things up for Celtic and Scottish football. You know, I'd like to think as a country we were welcoming to anybody coming from other countries to play in our league uh, and, and, and enhance it. So, yeah, as I say, it's been dealt with harsh, harshly, people might think, but I think banning people from, from football, if they are football fans, that's what will hurt them. And it will maybe make them think, you know, twice about doing it again. More police action to come. And uh, I think everyone welcoming uh, the action that Rangers have taken in this swift and uh, decisive. Uh, I don't think uh, the football result on the pitch last Sunday can be termed decisive when uh, at that stage we weren't even out of August. Um, but what, how significant was it, Craig, for you that, that, that Rangers... Um, came out on top again against Celtic uh, at a time when I think um, there was a feeling that Rangers were had a, had, a, had struggled to start the season and and Ange was making waves at Celtic. So Celtic were definitely um, gaining some uh, momentum, weren't they, uh, in terms of the way that they were playing, the, the emphatic victories they'd had uh, against St Mirren and uh, or Dundee and St Mirren. Um, it was a big win for, for Rangers, Rob, because, um, you know, Steven Gerrard had come out a couple of times already throughout the season saying we need a wake-up call. It hadn't come. Um, but this was the game that, that that I think brought the... It just brought Rangers back to life. Uh, the first half, Celtic were the, were the better side, no doubt about that. And obviously, Edward had that great opportunity. You know, Kent had the, the, the chance in the first half off the post as well, but he's worked it quite well. Um Rangers still looked as if they um, could do something in the first half, but it was it was on the counter. Yeah, so Celtic were on top. That chance and miss, and, and I think that Rangers the second half grew um, into the match and, and become stronger. Um, and and Holanda for me, who I've been saying I think is is the best combination with Goldson, comes back in, gets a, a really really important goal for uh, for Rangers and. Um, in the end, like I said, I think it was probably a fair result, Rob, in, in the end. But 
it was Zach Rangers needed that game because for me, you know, I was kind of saying, well, wake up, wake up. Well, when are they going to wake up? And it was just, it just was the right game at the right time, Simon, I, yeah. I felt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think Rangers at the moment, I think that's six against Celtic. Maybe the, the last seven, they're, 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 I think, undefeated. So that's yeah. what. So again, now Celtic are experiencing, you know, what Rangers were just before that. Mm. And that does play a wee bit of a part. And I think you're right. I think Celtic had shown momentum at the start of the season, uh, qualified for the Europa League. And we're getting into that game in a real high. Mm. And it was going to be interesting to see how they went about it. I do think things may have been different if Edward takes the chance. He really should take the chance. Uh, You'd like to have asked Rangers that question. Can you come I, back from a goal you know, down? As champions, how, how are you going to respond to that? Yeah. Because I don't think Celtic really posed many questions last season certainly not in the first game against Rangers mm -hmm. they almost rolled over and allowed Rangers to win that game at Celtic mm -hmm. Park mm -hmm. so yeah go and, go and ask questions of, of the champions but I think for Rangers it's a big boost for them because I wouldn't say they were stuttering but they, they weren't performing as well as they were well of off it they were well off last it season. been well off it maybe, leading maybe, into this old firm game maybe the upset of the Champions League where at one point they really should be going yeah. through and then the second half turns on its head. Yeah. Maybe the disappointment of that, but that'll be a big win for Rangers, you know, just to keep Celtic there at the moment. But I think it will be closer this year. So, I think, sorry, Rob, I think it will be closer, no doubt about it. Uh, but I think the importance of this result in terms of how Rangers will, will I think, grow now uh, again, Rob, and, and go on. You know, Balogun comes in, uh, obviously without uh, Tavernier and no Patterson, all that sort of stuff, comes in uh, and has an absolute stormer of a match. Um, and again, they're the kind of things, uh, you know what it's like, mate. Keeper, it, keeper it, as well. Yeah. Keeper come in, keeper you know, come in before he come in. So called third keeper, but does very well. well. They're, they're the things that can define a successful season. Right, I'm not going to keep you from Australia against China any longer because I know that is uppermost in your mind. Craig Moore, thanks very much. Simon Donnelly as well. Good to have you on the show. Good to have all of you listening as well. Uh, we've got the former Scotland captain Barry Ferguson with us tomorrow night. Mark Guidi as well on the show as we look forward to that crucial doubleheader of Scotland. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.